What I needed in the 20s and 30s was, was different to what I need now. When do I make that cut? Do you overlap or do you take the plunge? Welcome everyone. Those are the words of Christina Hilcher, my guest in today's episode of the Wow of the World of Work podcast, which by the way is also a video cast. So we talk about career pivoting and what does it take to make that leap? What do you need to consider before you take that decision? Christina is a marketing and sales senior professional within the pharma industry and she's also passionate about art to the point she's considering to turn that passion into a profession. Easier said than done. Here are some of her reflections and her personal story in that journey. Welcome, Christina. I'll say a couple of words uh, about you sure. as an intro, I'm looking into my cheat sheet here. So, Christina, you've worked in two large healthcare companies, J&J &J mm -hmm. and Medtronic, right? Yeah. And in, in various divisions, mm -hmm. um, but mostly within marketing, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, with increased responsibility, your last role was marketing head for Europe, Middle East and Africa mm -hmm. yeah. for a therapy group generating $500 million a year. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, your functional expertise are in sales, market development, marketing and business and medtech, mm -hmm. specifically cardiology, therapy and diagnostics. Your background is in management, strategic planning and international mar marketing. You have an MBA from EADA, mm -hmm. <laughs> business school in Barcelona. Yes, beautiful place. Uh, it is, isn't it? I just love Barcelona. Uh, to all our Spanish Barcelona friends, hola. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you are now the founder and director of Hilcher Consulting, and you have exchanged healthcare space yeah. for art, where mm -hmm. your passion actually lies. On top of that, you've lived in uh, many different countries, six or seven, you say, depending on how, on how we count it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, I, I didn't necessarily uh, pack my bags and move over to Nepal, but uh, I stayed there in a very uh, local environment uh, and did some great collaborations with some NGOs and worked with, uh, with kids. Great experience. But so, yeah, if you count these things, then I would say probably seven. Um, yeah, if not six. And, and Nepal must have been a, a dramatically different. Reality. Yes, I mean it's it's a, it was an incredible experience. Uh, beautiful people, um, but it really she really challenges your your views and also how how do we work <laughs> in comparison to um, Nepal, for example. I mean, there's very different attitudes, uh, lifestyles, of course, and. And it does make you question, not, not so much what is right or wrong, because what works for us here doesn't work there and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you take a closer look at how we are um, yeah. and uh, we, can, we can certainly learn from other cultures. That's for yeah. sure. It, it, it must be, I think, also a very humbling experience, I would imagine. Yeah. And, and by the way, Nepal's on my, on my list as soon as we can... <laughs> travel again at some stage yeah <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> exactly uh so six or seven let's say seven countries because it sounds like you are pretty uh, passionate about uh, about that country yeah you've gone definitely there a couple of times and you've you've pivoted career yeah right or you are now pivoting um career let's 
let's talk a little bit more about a couple of, of your other um, traits, personal traits, before handing it over to you. Uh, you are best known for your positive attitude. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think you can say that. I haven't had any complaints. So uh, <laughs> mostly uh, when I was managing teams or working uh, on projects uh, with people, they they enjoyed the working environment. And you know, it's 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 important to to have fun while you're working hard and uh, giving your best. Um, but we we can't forget the the other side, right? Uh, which is. The human element, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> working with working with people, enjoying uh, enjoying the collaboration, on and also you know not taking things too seriously at times. There is there is time mm. for everything. Exactly, a little bit of playfulness helps a lot. I, oh, absolutely. I would say, you know, and uh, and I think Lego has a uh, they they really nailed it down when they say serious play, and they mm. also have these. Um, They, they use Lego often to also facilitate certain uh, team sessions, yep. right? Because That's it just right. helps when you get into that playful mode. Um, we, we kind of operate differently. Yep. Uh, and as well, I'm going to share your worst nightmare. Okay. <laughs> for now. Uh, Go for it. Besides spiders. Yeah, we don't talk about those. <laughs> we can talk about it if you want. I can, I can put a nice picture of a spider. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, but it's about being dependent. So you've yeah. been raised to be independent. So mm. I'd like to start that conversation actually from from here because it yeah. sounds like an important value for you. This independence. It it is, and and I thought about it um, for a long time when you when you asked that question because it's not an easy question and it's also it's it's very personal. Um, I mean, on one side, like we talk about, we have our irrational fears, whether it being an, an animal or flying or whatever this may be. But this is really about me and also my my personality to to a degree. Mm -hmm. So I've always uh, worked in order to, you know, live my life, make my own decisions, but also in a way financial um, independence. And I mean, this is a this is a tough one because it has helped me massively to, you know, take decisions, do my own thing, move countries and, you know, live, live my life mm -hmm. the way I have um, independently. And that that's great. At the same time, when you're then trying to pivot um, your career or your profession, that that topic of dependency becomes almost a little bit of a an obstacle. Um, I had to have some serious talks with myself because if you start to set up your own business, you can't necessarily do it all on your own, right? You you will also have to look at your finances and say, yep. you know, do I when do I make that cut? Do you overlap or do you take the plunge? And and you've got to expect that at the beginning it, it's set up time, right? It's establishing, it's It's not about the goal is not to break even after after three months. Um, so that that had certainly something to do with it. Um, and you have a network, you need to talk to people and you need to make plans. Mm -hmm. um, and that was certainly a, a little bit challenging for me um, because I have almost like, you know, you mix. I, I'm mixing things a little bit here as well, where um dependency on, on others or getting help is not necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, so I think we I got to look a little bit more about the notion of what the word independent actually means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess it's also, I think one thing is as well dependency. Another thing is a sense of support. Correct. 
right? Because it sounds like to me, and actually what you're talking about is what many, many people face as one of the key questions when they pivot, you know, careers, uh, and when they want to pursue a different path, which is perhaps more linked to, or or, or trying something different, which may Mm. or may not be linked to their passions. Usually it is, uh, but it is usually linked to a sense of curiosity, a sense of challenging oneself, getting out of the comfort zone, etc. But often people hesitate. True. Also because of that, you know, because of this sense of, okay, so what am I I leaving behind? Um, And what is it that I'm going to need to make sure I still have? So yeah. that I am not only successful, but I'm also comfortable yeah. in this new zone that that, yeah. that I'm in. And so the financial component is is nonetheless quite important. And I always say that, by the way, to people as well. Make sure your needs, your obligations are first and foremost taken Correct. care of yeah. before taking a leave. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think this this whole dependency, you can also look at it in a sense of when you are in a corporate job, I mean, you've got teams, managers, uh, employees, you you have a very strong support network. I'm not sure dependency is the right thing, but there is an interdependency of the work that is done um, and how, you know, the company has strategies, goals, objectives, and everything interlinks. Mm -hmm. And then when you step out of that, you don't have that anymore. It's now independent, but also without that, well, nobody tells you where the strategy is or the, the objectives are. You need to do that. And you don't necessarily start off with, with a team and, and colleagues. Uh, you're on your own. So does independence in that sense then also mean alone? So mm. I think that it's, it's um, yeah, we could probably spend a, a long time <laughs> uh, talking about that. But, of, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's a challenging one, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit your story, therefore, and and, and the audience as well and the listeners um, that I'm sure as we talk about embracing these multiple professions and starting to consider that not only as a nice to have, but perhaps in the future, an important uh, component to start considering. Tell us your story. How did you pivot, you know, from your world of work, what it looks like now compared to some time ago? I think... It, it's a complex um, question because it was certainly not an easy decision um, and, and therefore probably also not the most straightforward answer because I also very much enjoyed what I was doing, right? I, I enjoy working, working with the team, and, and I have a very deep sense of, of accountability and responsibility. I had a nice uh, career progression um, and so many things that come with the job. You know, you're able to to move countries, you manage a team, um, you get exposure to so many different people and cultures. So um, it's it's been very rewarding and, and I learned a lot. Um, but I think for me, I got to a point that I'd been in the same company um, for 10 years. Yes, in different roles. Yes, in different divisions. So there was always variety and learning something new but it got to a point where I looked at my entire career and I think also the profile of the companies I've worked for were very similar um, very good companies great products um, very ethical Um, but I felt like you know I'm at a point now that if I want another experience I mean when is that point of 
Mm. Okay, now I've been in a company 20 years, for example, am I then still going to make that change or not? So, and I, I decided that I needed to do something else. I was looking for a different um, corporate experience, a different corporate culture, a different um, surroundings, right? So something where I felt like somehow I needed a new spark. And that necessarily didn't mean that whatever I had was, 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 was bad. Absolutely not. But I felt like, let, let's talk about the why a little bit. I felt like mm-hmm. I had lost a little bit my why. And I mean, mm-hmm. this is all about who we are, our reason for being, what motivates and drives us. And, and I actually don't think I necessarily realized that. I'm a very, you know, my head kept, you know, keep going, keep working, do this, and it's all great, your career's moving. But I, I stopped listening a little bit to what my gut was, was trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that at one point I realized, you know what, I'm actually not in alignment with my values anymore. Um, and I think that is something we need to check in every so often because we change, um, companies change, and, and that needs to happen, right? We, we evolve. Um, and at that point, it just, it just wasn't the right, uh, the right fit anymore. So I, I took the decision um, and said, no, I need to do something new. And, uh, and I've, I've actually received extremely um, great support to, to make that leap. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, first I needed a bit of time out, you know, check back in again and, and, and do that work. Because, I mean, we all have goals mm-hmm. and we write goals when we are in jobs and we work for these things. But And the New Year's resolutions is always a good opportunity for new goals. (laughs) Absolutely right. Um, But do we really sit down and and look at, okay, what are my needs or values and how have they changed? Because what I needed in the 20s and 30s was was different to what I need now. Um, And I think that's, that's just normal development. And, you know, and and, and sorry to kind of interrupt your flow of thought here, um, but I, I realized as well when I put my coaching hat on um, that, or even my HR hat on, quite frankly, that we have a tendency to to see our careers as yeah. uh, a line, if you will, right? Yeah. From start to, to finish, even if in the meantime you may have different employments, but it is like yeah. start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Um, but the, actually, the thing is, within that timeline, uh, we do change as yeah, well. And sure. so what, what was true for you or what was important for you, excuse me, mm. because perhaps the truth hopefully still stays the same in terms of values, but what's important for people changes. And so it's, it's a little bit to help people relax when it comes to their careers and their next steps and their world of work to say, you know, if you stretch that timeline and you say 40 mm. years or maybe even more because in the future we're going to be hopefully very productive with our brains yeah. even after retirement then you're going to realize you know what i can i can play in this landscape very differently there's mm. no longer a need to kind of stay stuck but i say maybe i'm going to stay five years there but then i'm going to pivot and do something else which mm. is something our generation is not necessarily used to thinking but True. i do believe that that's one of the one of the, the, the things that would help when yeah. people start looking in their world of work yeah, and I think that opens a whole other topic in terms of when you look at recruiting or wanting to change um, industries or, or jobs or 
whatever it may be, how that can be actually facilitated because it's it's not so easy. And I and I would actually say that there are certain concepts they're talked about a lot, like transferable skills, but I'm sorry to say reality is it is a fancy buzzword because what what gets hired for is is plug and play. Um, yeah. So, and and when when we are saying that what maybe needs to change is also that that flexibility. I mean, our own that you know it's it's okay to change companies and jobs, um, professions, career throughout our lifetime. But on the other side, the the whole recruitment uh, companies how they're hiring needs to needs to match that. And I, I do think there is a little bit of a disconnect uh, in terms of when you then out in, 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 the, in the job search or the job market and, and looking to, to change yourself. That's very true. The, the plug and play is, uh, is really what most organizations are looking for. And at the same time, plug, play and tell me what your potential is as well. Mm. So it's, it's, uh, it's also hiring for, yes, the current job, but already trying to project into the future Although that future is super difficult to predict, yeah. even for organizations yeah. nowadays. And I completely agree with you, Christina. I kind of think people are readier than organizations. You know, yeah. I've been talking about that previously. It's guys and companies, right? I know we've been there on the other side. So, Christina, you also know, like I do, how complicated sometimes it is to change certain mechanisms. And it's not out of bad intent. Yeah. It is often out of... Um, uh, habit and out of being used to and having already created so many programs and, and, and so many processes and so many policies and ways of thinking yep. that worked in the past and that today are really starting to a little bit creak a little bit, you yep. know, or, or, or shift. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and this ability of transferable skills, what skill, if we, if we talk about that a second, mm-hmm. you know, because now, mm-hmm. now you've pivoted, right? You've, you've, you've embraced yeah. your new life you're yeah. <laughs> you're you, you took that time off right you yeah. you reflected on your goals uh, mm-hmm. something closer to what's important for you now yeah uh fair to say that you've already made that switch yeah right absolutely into, yeah. okay yeah so, and I've, i think i learned that for example for me um, and this is also what my corporate job has taught me right that i need to be creative um, in, in my job, for example. I need to be able to, to take decisions. Um, I um, f- need to feel enabled to change something. So for me, what's very important that I feel that, that I make uh, a difference, that what I do adds value to, to someone and to something. Um, so, I mean, all of these things um, combined. So healthcare for me was a fantastic space because you are helping patients and you're moving um, together with technology that, that space forward. Um, it, it's been fantastic in, in that sense. But I also know that I have other passions um, that are very, very important to me. And one passion is is, is art. And I actually think... Um, that pivots into another space because with with art you you really can express and uh, and challenge also how things are happening in society in the world. There is so much communication and it's also an amazing vehicle to to drive some of that change. But to get back to your transferable skills, like like I said earlier, I mean I worked a lot in in sales and mm. in in marketing. 
Now, if I can market medical products, I can also market um, artworks or work with artists and, and sell their artworks. Because when you have the skills of selling, yes, of course, there's always an element to learn and not every industry works exactly the same way. I mean, healthcare is a lot more regulated in that sense, what you can and cannot do. Um, so when you then move into more of a consumer or call it luxury good uh, industry, now there, there are other rules and maybe social media is, is a lot more prominent. So yeah, you, you got to acquire um, skills. But this is the same like with, with transferable skills. I mean, the basics um, are there, but also when you hire and you and I have been both sitting in, in that chair, mm-hmm. I hire a lot for fit and for attitude and personality because skills I can teach. I mean, yes, there needs to be a foundation and certain basics, right, that are transferable. But in the end, to, to top up that last bit, I mean, that, that you can learn. Um, so that's I think true. that's a whole other uh, topic of, of, you know, what's important in your job, right? And normally it's the people you work with, how, how the environment is and, and, and the fit with your, with your colleagues. And the rest, I, I, I've only met fantastic colleagues and employees, everybody eager to to learn and better and develop, right? And I think yeah, skills... Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hiring attitude is very important yeah. and mindset uh, as opposed to only skill set. Of course, yeah. the skills are important. It's kind of like your entry ticket to yeah. to be able to perform yeah. something. Uh, but, but I kind of wonder if you had wanted to pivot, because mm. you're pivoting, mm-hmm. right? What... Uh, so moved from an established, let's say, situation, organization, yeah. into, okay, consulting. And at the same time, you are, you, you're moving towards your passion, which is art. Correct. Now, which you are kind of, you're, you're becoming an entrepreneur of, your, of yourself, mm. of, your, mm. of your life and of your, of your skills, of your offerings and, and what you have to offer to the world or what you mm. want to offer to the world. I do wonder, though, you know, if you had simply said, you know, I, I want to pivot career and therefore I will be applying, quote unquote, for a job in the art world, yeah. you will find very similar patterns of, of recruitment. Of course. Very, very difficult to get in. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's an extremely closed environment, too. Yes. So this is this is not all. I mean, this this is really referred to in general any sector Oh, including absolutely. the arts, right? The yeah. culture management is also yeah. a very, very, yeah. I would say, closed. Yeah. Uh, You're absolutely right. Um, and I think for me, these topics of transferable skill or what you're hiring for and so forth is, is in general. This is not specific to one industry over the other. Um, and it's, it's, how do you say that, a bigger issue when you look at how industry companies in whatever industry they're in are incentivized in terms of how they're hired because anywhere any company no difference the biggest problem for a manager is if you have space on your team because this needs to be filled right so there is time time is the essence Um, most people are super busy Maybe uh, the onboarding is, mm-hmm. is not as uh, planned or comprehensive maybe as it should be and so forth. So naturally, you have a tendency to hire as fast as possible with someone who just goes in there and starts running. 
So it is it is a cycle that somehow needs to be broken. And that is that is true in every industry. And, and you're right. I mean, the art industry is extremely close knit. Yeah. Absolutely. And so in a sense, what I'm actually also trying to do is to disrupt and change a little bit how that industry works, because unless you are an extremely well-known artist or a well-known professional art collector uh, in whichever domain that may be, it's extremely hard um, to get into. For me, the vision I really have there is is to 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 give artists um, a voice uh, through my work, through my consultancy, but also create a space and a place where mm. artists and people that enjoy art can can get together. And is that face to face? Hopefully, after our lockdown, is it virtually? Yes, maybe. And so there's also innovation and technology that that can help with all these different industry to to bring people closer together. It's about establishing connections. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm, I'm trying to do to, to say is, you know, unchained art is, you know, right. whatever you make of it. Um, the artists are free to create their art. The art lovers are free to, to love what, what feels good for them. And what I'm trying to do is, is, is create a place where you can have that dialogue, where you can have that exchange, where you can get together, whether that is in person, as I said, or, or, or virtual. So there's all, also a lot of collaboration um, with, with, with technology, with people, um, with a network, um, and we're trying to build it that way. Am I, in the end, going to disrupt anything in that industry? I, I don't know, but I'm trying to... Mm-hmm. Let's see, I see a space or, yes. or, or a gap um, where I feel that maybe I can make a difference. And... And if that's just a different for a few people, then then that's great. So here we are. We've reached the end of part one of this episode. Make sure you tune into part two as we continue to listen to the story of Christina. And in particular, what does it take to build a new professional persona? And what are some of the things you need to let go of and some of the new skills you need to make sure you learn and embrace? Make sure you tune in to the next episode. Until then, take good care.